Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole, as always, honored to be with you right now. So welcome to everyone who's joining wherever you are. I appreciate you, appreciate being connected in this way to make the choice to be inspired by the life in which we live, to make the choice, the choice to be in the present, to make the choice to look around at our lives and notice the good that we can learn from it. It's powerful when you make that choice. You know, many years ago, I wrote a book called Choosing Truth, and it literally is about the journey of life and the journey of choice and the decisions that we make and how we live with those decisions, whether consciously or not, and the power of making the choice to uncover the truth, to find it, to revel in it, to learn from it. And I realized a whole lot of us run from the truth, run from the lessons that we need to learn, that sometimes are just right in front of our face. And what, what, what do, I'm trying to figure out what exactly am I getting at, that very often when we are faced with a situation, we don't pause to acknowledge it, try to see it for all that it is there to teach us. Sometimes it's hard to do that. And I'm going to say sometimes for all of us, it's hard to do that. And today I wanted us to focus on this notion of choosing peace. So in the space of choosing truth, because truth is like the big, the big kahuna, so to speak, the the overarching uh, window through which you can look at everything. But when, when you look in, what are you looking for? And today I wanted us to think about what does it mean to choose peace? What does it mean to have peace within your being? And I want us to, to think about this for a moment. When do you feel that you are peaceful? Do you? feel that you're peaceful? Do you have moments when you feel that you're peaceful? When, when from the inside out, you feel relaxed, you feel grounded, you feel capable of engaging with whatever is coming your way. You feel able to stay solid, like your feet firmly planted as you are either still or moving forward, regardless of what is happening, how often do you feel like that? How often do you feel like whatever's going on, rather than getting stirred up, riled up, you know, ready to fight, that you can take a breath, that you can pause, and you can survey the landscape to see what is this moment calling for right now? And when are you able to pause enough to look at the moment, look at everything surrounding the moment and choose peace for that moment? How often can you do that? 
We have many opportunities to do it. This is what I want to point out to all of us. While, uh, while as you contemplate that question, you, you look at your day, you know, look at just yesterday, the day before, this day that we're in already. How many opportunities have you had in just the past little bit to choose peace? Hmm? Think about it. So I'll give you, you know, I love to give examples because examples help us to see things. So I had a wonderful and busy weekend. I'm in my happy place. You know, when I'm here, it's not so difficult to find peace because I feel buoyed by the sunshine and by support and by just, you know, when you're in the place where you want to be, everything seems a little softer, maybe also brighter, but in a good way. So I had the opportunity to lead a couple of events recently in just the past few days, which took a lot of energy, but it was the kind of energy that I enjoy engaging. And there was a group of women at one of these events where we were sharing about who we are and, uh, and what we care about. And all of the women work in the arts in one way or another. And so one of the women who had an opportunity to speak, we, let, let me back up and say all of us felt safe. All of us felt like we were in a place where we could share whatever was happening with us and that it was being held like in this covenant of sisterhood. And one woman became very vulnerable and shared some things that had happened in her life that were challenging. And we all supported her in that moment. And as the day progressed, she kept going back to this. Now the event was for something else. And so as women were supporting her and supporting the moment, I noticed at one point that the energy that she was sharing was pained and, and, and it was almost consuming like a fire can be consuming. And so it wasn't the right moment for this particular fire. So I observed it, said I, as hosting this function, need to shift the energy in the room, honoring her and the other women. And so the question was, how do you choose peace here? How do you support everyone? How do you take care of the person who's in pain and the others who are kind of being enveloped into this energy in a way that will be uplifting and peaceful and not agitating or dismissive or hurtful in any way. And what I chose to do is something that I've done with you many times. And it was to invite everybody literally to embrace. We were standing in a room, they're very, not a large group of us. I think at that point there were about seven or eight of us. And I guided us in three cleansing breaths. Follow, well, within the cleansing breaths, having affirmations to choose the light and let go of anything that was harming us. And we did it together. We shared in that moment together. And we chose peace together. It was really simple. It took two minutes. It was powerful. And then we all were still and silent. Because sometimes 
often, by the way, to choose peace is to stop talking, to be quiet, to tell the mind, just be still. You don't have to overthink this. Just be, just be, just be. When the chatter of the mind gets you, it can go on and on and on and on and on. It can be so incredibly difficult to get your mind to slow down, let alone stop. And sometimes when all of our minds are going, 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 and in, you know we're articulating whatever it is that's stirring within us, the opposite happens. You don't get peace. You get this confluence of ideas and thoughts and energies that are just warring with each other. Depending upon how loud your voice is, you may be consciously or otherwise attempting to be heard over another. And these warring energies do not typically invoke peace. The choice to engage peace usually comes with the choice to be still, at least for a moment. Be still, ground yourself, put your feet, plant your feet into the earth, lift your body so that you can breathe fully. Maybe sometimes close your eyes, stop even seeing what's in front of you. Just be still and breathe. And ask yourself, what does this moment call for? This is effective in so many different ways. Think about it. How often, how often have you jumped into an argument, jumped into a pointing your finger saying, this is how this is supposed to be, when it could have been so much easier to just be still for a moment, survey the moment. Is this the right time for you to do or say whatever is on your mind? And there's something that I learned many years ago through my spiritual tradition. I think that this particular lesson comes from an ancient Indian scripture called the Vedas. You've heard of Ayurvedic medicine, so that's through the, the Vedas, which are scriptures. And we know it in English as the four gateways of speech. These are four questions that are recommended that we ask ourselves before speaking. The four gateways of speech. So I don't know if there's an order, but I'll tell you as I remember them. Is it true? Now, true, truth has so many layers, you know, to the best of your knowledge at this moment, is it true? Is really what truth is for us. Because I have had the experience of learning things and discovering, oh, what I thought was true is not. But to the best of your knowledge, is it true? What you're about to say, is it true? Next question, is it necessary? Is it necessary? Is whatever you are about to articulate necessary to say? Or are you just feeling like you want to say it right now? You need to get a point across. You just have to say this thing. It's burning inside you to get it out. Is it necessary? 
Is it timely? Third question, is it timely? Is this the right moment to share whatever it is that's on your heart? Is it? And if it is not, don't share it then, right? Sometimes it's a great point that needs to be shared at some other moment. Is it kind? Fourth question, is it kind? How often do you say things that just are sharp, brutal, cutting, mean, bullying, dismissive, disingenuous? Is it kind? Can you say that whatever is about to come out of your mouth is kind? And if you cannot say that, can you keep it to yourself? I wasn't even expecting to tell you about the Vedas today, but they just came to me. The four gateways of speech. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it timely? Is it kind? If you can answer those questions, trust me, you are going to get closer to the engagement of peace when you communicate with others because you have already gone through four filters before you opened your mouth. Powerful. And it works. It really works. So if you're looking to choose peace, you need to have some filters between you and whatever you articulate, right? Because otherwise, it could be just a knee-jerk. You react to something and boom. It's often when we are reacting to things, it lights a fire. And I am not suggesting that we become docile, that we become compliant, that we just roll over and let people do or say whatever they want. Not at all. Not at all. I am suggesting that we be conscious in our communication and in our actions. And when we do that, we can engage peace. So there's a quote that I found from Eleanor Roosevelt, former first lady of the United States. She was a brilliant woman and is quoted many times. Her wisdom has guided many people. And I wanna bring that up now. She said, it isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. So let's unpack that. It isn't enough to talk about peace. And we know a lot of people do that talking. Um, there was a, a comedy sketch that Ellen DeGeneres did some years ago. And she lives in LA. And I, for those of you who know anything about LA, the traffic is crazy, like intense, intense, intense. On the um, freeways, I think they call them there, there's super wide roads and so much traffic. It's just can be incredibly difficult to move about uh, peacefully. And so she was saying she was practicing using OM, the primordial sound, to calm herself as she was driving. And as she's driving, driving, the cars are getting in her way and, and the traffic is bumper to bumper and it's taking way longer than she expected to get to her destination. She goes, home, and then somebody cuts in front of her and she's like, look, MF, what you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? 
And so she was grappling and you get to see this grappling between holding on to peace, claiming peace, own, and wrestling with, you know, wanting to fight somebody because they were in her way, right? Have you had that experience? Now hers was really funny. It was funny in the moment. And yet it's exactly what happens for us. As Eleanor Roosevelt said, it isn't enough to talk about peace. And in her case, she was even trying to engage it. Oh, but that's not enough. You have to believe in it. And then it's not even enough to just believe in it. You have to work at it. So in this comedy sketch, which again, the point of it was funny, but with comedy, I believe these lessons can be really, really strong. It showed how difficult it is. If you have somebody cutting you off, you're trying to get where you need to go and you are, you know, the pot is stirring. You, you get riled up because, oh, one more person being disrespectful, one more person, you know, not being honorable, one more person agitating me in this moment. You very often don't even notice peace. You want to fight. You want to curse. You want to hit their car. How many times have you wanted to bang into a car because you wanted to just give them a lesson because they cut you off or they were rude or they were not paying attention? Now, if that's never happened to you, I don't want to put a bad idea in your head. It has happened to me. Thank God I didn't do it, but I've definitely had the experience. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? You really did that? What do you do in that moment? So this is what the stranger, somebody you're driving, somebody cuts you off. How can you stay peaceful when this may be stirring a pot for you, maybe riling you up, maybe getting you to be like, what, serious? You breathe. Literally, three cleansing breaths, it works. Breathe. Tell yourself you don't have to get, you don't have to get caught up in that. Eleanor Roosevelt said, it isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. So what does working at it mean? Let's take another example. What if you were in a debate with someone you love, with your partner, if you have a partner? If you are fortunate enough to have a partner, I can assure you there are moments when you are at odds when whatever you think and your partner thinks are not matching. Whenever what you do and what your partner does, don't they, they aren't in alignment. And as a result, there's friction. Where there's friction, there usually is not peace, right? Part of I me, mean, I love friction now because friction tells me that it's time for me to make a change. It's time for me to do something different. So what is the different if you're looking to invoke peace, if you're looking to work at believing in and claiming peace? When you feel friction, I think it means you need to look at the situation a little differently. What's happening? Why is it happening? What is my role in what's happening? And what can I do differently? 
I spoke to a psychologist the other day um, who I'm working with on a project with corporate women, helping them to find ways to grow and flourish in their business lives, which also includes their professional lives. And so as I was talking to her, one of the things that we were looking at is how can you get your loved ones, your friends, your family to support you like in the rest of your life as you are working hard to build your, your career? So you're climbing and that may mean sometimes you need a little bit more support at home. That may mean if you get home late, you want, you want help cooking or taking care of the kids or cleaning up or whatever it is, you need help. And your assumption, this is just one example, your assumption is, well, if you're getting home late and these things need to be done, why didn't you do it? You know it needs to be done. Why are you waiting for me? Have any of you felt like that before? Like, I just got home and all this didn't happen. You knew it needed to happen. What's up? Often, when we feel like that, we get our back up, we're, we're mad, we're like, seriously? And walking with an attitude. And I can guarantee you, if you walk in with an attitude, what you will get reflected back is an attitude, right? So it is not peaceful. The friction in that moment of, you don't have my back, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you thinking of me? Why aren't you seeing what this moment calls for and what this moment calls for for me? So this psychologist said to me, one of the things that people can do in a situation like that is walk in, survey the landscape and say, wow, you know, I used to be able to do all of this. I used to do all these things. I used to manage it with no problem and I need help now. The fact that I just got home and all of this still has to be done is difficult for me because I would have been really happy if you had done it because maybe you would have noticed that it needed to be done, but that's okay. Can you help me now? Because I need help. Now imagine if you walked in with that, isn't that choosing peace? You are not acquiescing and saying, Oh, whatever. I got to just do it all because they don't care about me because that stirs up a lot of negativity. You're not doing that. You're being empowered, but you're also saying, stating what you need in an inclusive way, in a peaceful way, in a connected way. So that what happens is your loved ones want to support you. You are creating a circle of peace. I love that. And also I can tell you sometimes that's not easy to do. If you feel tired and frustrated and you have all the things that happen in your day that you're bringing into this moment and what you want more than anything is, you know, I don't, I don't care if you are a woman or a man, but you want a proverbial wife. You want somebody to take care of you and they're not, they're looking for you to take care of them that can be really frustrating. So to choose peace, Eleanor Roosevelt says, you have to work at it. So first, what does she say? It isn't enough to talk about peace. 
It isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it, right? So to work at it in a situation like what I just described is you still have to be the leader of your life. You have to be able to say, okay, this is happening. The way this moment is playing out right now is not making me happy. Rather than blaming somebody else for whatever is happening, how do I take responsibility for what it is? What can I do so that the outcome will be better for me and for those who are part of my life? Because if I can make the outcome better, if I can work at infusing peace into this moment, then I can breathe. Then everybody can breathe. Then we can have the space to just be, to be functional, to be happy, you know, to have joy in the moment. Isn't that worth it? And it takes work to get there. Now, sometimes you might be like, I don't want to work. I worked all day. I'm home. I don't want to work anymore. Well, that's not how life works. We have to work at our lives every day. That's what Eleanor Roosevelt said. You must work at it. If you want peace, you have to work at it. And sometimes it means standing up and fighting for what you believe in. Sometimes, think about Dr. King. He didn't physically battle people, but he worked behind the scenes and in front with large groups of people to point out what was standing between all of us and peace for all of us, right? I am not want to be really clear. Choosing peace does not mean you just sit back and take it. Choosing peace does not mean you let people walk over you. You let people take advantage of you. You let things happen even if you don't believe they should in the, uh, in the name of peace. That is not what I'm talking about. You sometimes have to be fierce in order to choose peace. As Eleanor Roosevelt said, you have to work at it. But in the end, in the moment, you also have to be super conscientious, paying attention to what does the moment call for? Let's go back to the four gateways of speech. Is it true? If you're fighting for something that eh, not, is not quite true, then it's not gonna work. Is it necessary? Is whatever you're dealing with right now necessary for you to continue? Is it? Is it necessary? Or are you just saying it to turn the knife? Are you just doing it because out of spite? You just can't help yourself. You can't control yourself. You gotta, you know, pile on, as they say, add one more thing. Is it necessary? Is it timely? Is this the right moment for you to do or say whatever it is that is burning inside of you to get out? And is it kind? That's, <laughs> that's like the butter on top. Is it kind? You know, some of us can be unkind. I know sometimes I can be. What if you, you know, my mother used to say when we were going to, we were practicing cursing. She said, if you curse, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. 
Well, imagine that 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 concept of washing your mind, washing your spirit, washing your spirit of negativity. When you do that, which is why I believe in meditation, you wash your spirit of negativity. Those cleansing breaths help you to release the negativity that can cloud your vision. When you do that, your life is sweeter, I promise you. And it's something that you may have to do again and again and again and again and again. It's not you do it once and it's done. You do it as often as you need to do it. When you do this, when you make the conscious effort to choose peace, to let go of whatever is standing in the way of you being in that peaceful space, you find joy, contentment. It doesn't mean you maybe aren't going through stuff. I've talked to so many people who are ill, very ill, who may be dying and they're peaceful. Why? It's not just acceptance of the inevitable. It's being in the moment, relishing the moment, recognizing the beauty of the moment. Like my grandmother used to say, every time you wake up, you have an opportunity to live your life. It's a blessing to wake up every day. What are you gonna do with it? I hope that you will choose peace. I remind you one more time of what Eleanor Roosevelt said. She said, it isn't enough to talk about peace. Lip service doesn't work, y'all. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. Yes? Are you ready to work at it? The way you work at it, get yourself calm first. Engage those three cleansing breaths. You can do it as many times a day as you need. Invite peace into your being. Invite peace into your gaze. Invite peace into your surroundings. And then step into peace. You can do it. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.